We have already been blessed by the beautiful music, isn't it, friends, through the choir, through the praise band, and with John singing. Where are you, John? Where did John go? Oh. <laughs> yes. John's grandpa, Brother James Shepherd, will always sit on the second pew, third pew here, and I could tell John he's looking down from heaven and rejoicing as you sang. I worship you, Almighty God. Friends, that's why we are here. We are in the presence of the living God in this sanctuary. And every Sunday when we gather, God's presence touches our lives. That's why we are doing this series, Back to Worship, being present in worship as much as we can. Because God meets us. These are places of grace. He meets us when we read his word. He meets us when we call on him in prayer. He meets us when we are in fellowship. And God's presence is here today as we continue to seek him. I just want to read from the book of Colossians chapter 4, just a couple of verses. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 to 4. Devote yourselves to prayer. Keeping alert in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us as well that God will open to us a door for the word that we may declare the mystery of Christ for which I am in prison so that I may reveal it clearly as I should. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we are so blessed this morning already as your presence has just touched us through the gift of music, gift of prayer, and the gift of children. And Lord, even in this moment, these moments as we hear your word, God, we pray that you will open our heart, you will open our mind, and Lord, that you will uh, give us a hunger for you. Lord, please hide me behind that cross of Calvary once again, that your word will go forth. And will, and will bear fruit in this service, that healings will take place, that, that comfort of Jesus will come upon all. Even your conviction will come upon all, Lord, that we may draw closer to you. So come, Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this time of preaching. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We are in a series back to, we began a few weeks ago, back to worship. And as we come to worship, we must come expectantly, right? We talked about how the revival took place at Asbury. We should come with that kind of expectancy every time we gather in the house. What is God going to say to me today? What is God going to ask me to do? And so we need to come back to the heart of worship. And that's, last Sunday we began, we had a message back to the word of God. And I know we've been reading the book of Acts every day. I know some people are keeping up on Facebook. They say they've done the homework, so that's good. But I encourage you, uh, whether you're listening or whether you're reading, the book of Acts is, is very powerful. That's when the movement of God's Spirit came upon the church and the church was renewed. And as, as, as we connect with the Word of God, it encourages us, it inspires us. So I encourage you to stay, stay connected. Today is day 7 of Acts chapter 7. If you have missed it, that's okay. You can catch up. 
But let's together as a church read one chapter of Acts every day. Today's message is back to praying fervently. Next week we'll be back to the fellowship, back to serving wholeheartedly, and then we will conclude by back to witnessing for Jesus. So today's message back to the basic back to fervent prayer. Now, this passage, when you, and you read this passage, this book of Colossians, Paul is writing and he writes that he is in prison. Even from his prison cell, he is encouraging his church, hey, I want you to keep on praying. You know, and he was in the prison for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. But even in all his struggles and all his limitation, he is saying the church, he's telling the church in Colossians, he's telling the church in Philippi, and, and, and even this morning the word is for us that God is calling us as a church to get back to praying fervently. Now, I looked up the word devotion or, or fervently in, in different versions of the Bible. This very verse, Colossians 4, chapter 2 writes this in, in New King James Version. It says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. In the King James Version, it says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. In the English Standard Version, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. The word watch or the word alert means that we need to be alert what God is saying. We need to be alert of what is happening in our life, what is happening around us. As I shared last Sunday, we are in a spiritual warfare against the evil one, trying to distract us, trying to lead us away. So we as Christian people, as people of God, as people of prayer, we are alert so that we are not distracted. Distracted. We are connected with God's word. That's why it says pray, but also be alert. Now, the word devotion or fervent in, in the Greek language comes out of a Greek word proskerterio, and it means that to pray fervently means to pray earnestly, earnestly from the heart. It means to persevere in prayer. You know, prayer is not like a fast food restaurant. We go and we order our food and we get the food, right? Sometimes we don't get our food, we get frustrated. But prayer is, is being persevering prayer. Even when we don't get the answer, we are praying day and night. We are praying for God's touch. We are praying for God's revival. We are praying perseveringly. We are not backing up. We are praying as a church. It means to be constantly diligent. It means to continue in prayer. It means to wait on God as we pray fervently. And I know most of you are doing that. But this morning, God is calling us, especially as a church, that we become strong in the fervency of prayer, to pray earnestly. Now, where do we get this desire to pray fervently? And I was, I was thinking about the life of Jesus. Now, when we, when we study the life of Jesus carefully, you will find that Jesus' ministry and all that he did came out of a fervent prayer life. In, in um, Luke chapter 6, verse 12 to 13, it says that Jesus spent all night in prayer before he even chose his disciples. He was praying all night to, to get the right person on his team. In Luke 6, verse 12 to 13, it says, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. 
Then we also see Jesus' fervent prayer. One of, the, one of the most powerful prayer recorded in the Bible is in the Gospel of Luke. In fact, it's, it's mentioned in different Gospels. But in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22 to 39 to 44, this is a, what we call a prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane. This was few hours before he was arrested, a uh, few hours before he was going to be taken and he was going to carry the cross, he was going to be crucified. This was a very crucial moment in the ministry of Jesus. And there he is praying. I want to read this. And, and you, as, as I read it, just see the words with which, the, the, the passion with which he was praying. Jesus went out, as a usual, to the Mount of Olives, there was a common place that Jesus did, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. This is one of the most hardest prayers Jesus prayed. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. That day as Jesus was praying, he could feel the weight of sin, the weight of all that the world had done against him and, and the disobedience. But Jesus said, Lord, if this is what it takes to bring back the humanity to you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Father, if it's your will, thy will be done, not mine. And here you see Jesus fervently praying. Another example of Jesus' praying is in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. The Bible says that during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. We as followers of Jesus can learn so much from the life of Jesus' prayer life. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 13, My house will be called a house of prayer. That was very important to Jesus. Thirdly, when we, when we study this word fervently, we will see that the early church also prayed very fervently. You know, the early church faced a lot of persecution. They were told not to talk about Jesus, not to preach about Jesus, not to heal in his name. But the early church, you know, um, when they faced the trouble, they didn't have any solution. They only had one solution, and that was to go to the Lord in prayer. And as they would pray, God will give them the power, and with that power, they were able to do what God wanted them to do. And that's what we need, friends. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I just want to read a couple of verses. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, When they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. It's not what happens before we pray, but what happens after we pray. And the early church, as a church, would gather together, and they would cry out to God, and they would ask, God, give us the boldness, give us the strength, give us the unction, give us the fervor that we may do your work, not in our power, but in your power. Early church prayed fervently. Now I want to just come back to our message for today. 
Why am I sharing all these things? God is calling us this morning that we may be back to praying fervently, individually, family, and as a church. Individually, family, and as a church. Back to fervent prayer. God is calling us to pray from a sincere and a pure heart. You see, friends, as I was preparing this message, God gave this to, to all of us, but he says, your prayer has the power to change lives in our church, in our community, and the nation. He said, Pastor, I don't know, I pray, but I don't know what it means to fervently pray. Where God teaches us how to pray fervently. But think about this, friend. your prayers for your family, your prayers for your church, your prayers for your community, God answers that. Every time when you read the story of revivals where God's presence came, it came because there were few people who were praying with sincerity that God will touch their church, God will touch their nation, God will touch their children, and God responded. God responded, and he brought renewal in those lives. Now, in the book of James, chapter 5, 16 to 17, we see an example of an ordinary man like you and me, Elijah, who God uh, shows us, he teaches us, look how I can use an ordinary person and, 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 and use their prayers to make an impact. In James, chapter 5, 16, verse 17, it says this. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Elijah, the great prophet, was just like you and me. But God used him to teach us this morning to grow and to become and to pray fervently. Now, what do we need to pray fervently for? I want to share a few thoughts. Number one, friends, as a church, we must pray for the visitation of the Lord upon our church and our city and the nation. We must pray as a church for a visitation of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1 to 4, it writes this. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you as when fire sets twigs blaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nation to quake before you. For when you did awesome thing that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eyes has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Friends, this morning, God is calling his church that we may pray, God, we need your presence to come down in a special way. Come down upon our church. Come down upon our schools. Come down upon our community. Friends, the Bible says it is not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's why we will often hear we say, come Holy Spirit. What we are saying, God, come in your power and do only what you can do in your power and strength. We need to pray for a visitation of God. Secondly, friends, we, need to, we must pray for a great harvest of souls this year. Great harvest. You see, friends, we all have friends and family that have yet to come to Christ. 
And so as a church, we gather for worship, we gather for fellowship, dinners, we gather for Bible study, and that is very important. But we gather to pray that God will use us, God will use our church, that the, the souls will come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior because of our witness, because of our presence in this community. That's why we exist as a church, that God will use us to bring our family to bring our children, to bring our nation to come to know Jesus. Amen? Are you all still with me? Friends, this is a very sincere message that I believe God is, 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 is awakening us to, to a very important need in the life of the church that we can bring people who are not yet in our church, in our, in our churches, with the saving power of Jesus. Thirdly, we must pray to have the strength to overcome the temptation and attacks of the evil one against us and family. Jesus mentioned in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. As I shared last Sunday, we are in a spiritual warfare against the evil one. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to be strong in the word. We need to be strong in his spirit so that we can withstand any attacks of the evil one to distract us. Even one friends wants to distract us. He wants to keep us away from worshiping. He wants to keep us away from praying. He wants to keep us away from reading his word because when we don't have the power, when we don't have the strength, it's very easy to fall into temptation. But when you're in a fellowship, when you're reading God's word, when you're praying, you have the strength to be able to overcome those things. I can do what I'm doing if, if the church was not praying for me. Our church could not do what we are doing if we didn't have people praying, reading the word, calling on God. Friends, this is very important. And lastly, we must pray this morning for a divine intervention of God. This is an urgent call to prayer. Desperate prayer. It may be for someone in your family. They need they need the touch of God this morning. They are far from God. They are, they, have, they are stuck in sin and they need the deliverance of God. It may be for someone that needs a healing touch over their bodies. I don't know. We all have someone on our heart this morning that need right now a divine touch of God. It may be you this morning. It's called 911 prayer. Urgent prayer, where we as a church, we begin to call on God that, Lord, would you touch this person? Would you touch this situation? And that you will bring them to God. Friends, many times you and I have encountered a situation when someone called and you don't know how to pray. The Bible says in Romans 8.26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I want you to think about people in your home, in your family, in your network that need the touch of God this morning. And as you pray, God will answer. He is, he is a prayer answering God. And he will answer in his ways, but he will hear your prayer. I want to close with a story which I shared many years ago when I was pastor here. And the story 
uh, is out of a church in Brooklyn, New York. Brooklyn, New York, Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. You may have heard the choir. It's one of my favorite choirs. I love to hear them sing. But that church was built on prayer. Every Tuesday night, they have thousands of people that gather only for prayer. They gather for prayer. And so this pastor whose church was growing by numbers, the, the ministries were taking place, but his daughter, Chrissy, went away from the Lord. And here he would come on Sunday morning trying to preach about faith, and he was struggling because his daughter was away from God. One day during a Tuesday night prayer meeting, um, someone in, in, while who were praying, someone, the, one of the leaders felt in their heart, said, we need to pray for pastor's daughter. So they sent a word to the usher, to the pastor. Pastor gets the word, and it says, I feel deeply impressed. We need to pray for your daughter, Chrissy. And pastor did not want any attention because he was leading people to prayer. But he called his associate and said, God, if this is from you, we're going to do this. We're going to pray for my daughter. So one of the associates got, got hold of the mic and he began to pray. And as he began to pray, the whole church began to pray. It almost became like a battle. They were praying against the forces of darkness that God will deliver Chrissy. A day later, a day later, he, he goes back home and he tells his wife, it's over. He said, what's over? He said, if there is a God in heaven, Chrissy is going to come back. A day later, he's out shaving in, in, in his house, and he, his wife comes up and says, uh, oh, Chrissy is here. This, this, this daughter, who he had not seen for four months, came and was on the ground, and she, he goes down, and he, she touches his dad's pants and says, and, and says to, to dad, dad, God woke me up in the middle of the night. And he showed me that I was going in a direction which will not end. And he also showed me how much God loves me. And she came back. He said, Daddy, I have sinned against God. I have sinned against you. But then she said something so powerful. It said, always impacted my ministry. She said, Daddy, who was praying for me Tuesday night? Who was praying for me Tuesday night? Because that night God woke me up. And he showed me that I needed to return to him. He showed me that God loved me. Today, Chrissy is married to a pastor's wife, and she's leading choirs, and she's serving the Lord. But it all happened in that prayer meeting, where God answered in answer to praying people of God. And as pastor of this church, friends, one of my main emphasis will be a bring, that we will be a praying church. And we're going to see people come to Christ. And we're going to see people delivered from sin and addiction in answer to prayer. Somebody say amen. amen. God is powerful and he can meet us wherever we are. And there is no one beyond his reach. He can reach us. He can change us. He can transform us. So, I want to just share, I'm going to give an altar call in a few minutes, but I want to just share four thoughts, four ways we will be praying. If we can put that on the slide, please. Um, at noon and 8 p.m., we are praying this prayer. At noon and 8, uh, we are praying for souls, we are praying for baptism, we are praying for our staff, we are praying for our church. 
So I, I invite you to keep doing that. Secondly, we have monthly hour of prayer. We are praying in the sanctuary once a month, praying for these very needs that God will touch. I invite you to come as you're able or pray wherever you are at that time. Thirdly, we have an opportunity to pray for the schools in, in our county, and we gather every second and fourth Wednesdays. That's another opportunity if you would like to, to join. And lastly, we need to pray this prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach me to pray. All of us, we need to God to teach us to pray fervently. Amen. So, friends, we're going we're gonna to close with this service. But if you have a prayer need, if you have someone that needs a divine touch of God, I want you to come on their behalf. If you feel led, come to the altar and pray for them this morning that God in his grace and mercy will touch them as we pray together. If you want to sit on the pews, that is fine. God meets us where we are. But there is an act of faith when we come that God will answer us. So let's stand. We're going to say a prayer, and then we're going to open the altar. And you come in prayer. Maybe it's you that need prayer. Say, Pastor, I need prayer. My prayer life is not where it needs to be. But I want to grow this morning. I want to become a fervent prayer in my church, in my family in my community. Lord Jesus, we come in the name of Jesus. God, thank you for speaking to us this morning. We need you, Lord. We need a visitation, Lord. We need our families, our children, our daughter, our friends to be delivered that they can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Lord, send your Holy Spirit revival. and We will give you the praise. We'll give you the honor. We'll give you the grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.